Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in. Now, today we're talking from Paul, who owns a hospitality marketing brand called Project Eats. Uh, we go into so much detail in here. There's some nuggets for everyone. If you've got a hospitality brand and you're looking to market it better, let me know what you think and hope you enjoy the episode. All right, welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for another episode. Amazing to have Paul Zervos here from Project Eats, which is a, a digital and graphic design hospitality-focused business. Correct. Yeah. All right, beautiful. Paulie, thanks so much for being on the podcast. No problem, anytime. Um, so first things first, how did you really get into the industry of hospitality and then sort of pivot into marketing? Um, I know your story, it's an amazing story, so why don't you share that? Yeah, quite simple. Um, sort of history and hospitality goes back to... My mum and um, and extension family, so my auntie as well, yeah. uh, all been involved in hospitality since I was a little boy. So it's sort of not a natural progression, but it's something that I sort of grew up in and just sort of, yeah, was always there. And yeah. then as an extension now of everybody else around, love trying out new restaurants, new cafes, new bars, mm-hmm. sort of anything like that. So my... Um, my, my uh, University degree was graphic design. Okay. Worked in a um, graphic design studio when I finished mm-hmm. and then sort of started my own business down the track and um, just sort of fell into the hospitality field as to it's a it's an area that I love. And yep. Um, yep. I just found that there was a constant need for a, an agency or an office that was sort of specific to this market. So everyone else was sort of playing around with different fields and I sort of thought let's jump into this one and sort of make it my own. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and really specialise in it, essentially. Because obviously I know we've talked about your mum being in hospitality for a long time. Yeah. Can you remember the first time you sort of had that that sort of romance or love affair with the hospitality industry and realised you really enjoyed it? Um, or was it just a grind when you were a kid? No, it was sort of... Yeah, I can tell you, like, the first sort of love of it was we used to own a... Mum and Dad used to own a cafe in Albert Park uh-huh. and um, we used to live around the corner, so... Yep. Every day before school, we'd um, head over to the cafe, cool. have breakfast there, uh, and you know it was either sort of like a, not wasn't a coffee at that stage. You were a bit young for that, so yes. it was sort of a milkshake of some description. Grab something on the run, and then I'd also be lucky enough for the guys in the kitchen to make my lunch to take to school. So, How cool! So that was pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. So it was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah, right. As a young kid, it was very exciting. Did you sort of know any different? Like when you went to school and when you had those kind of experiences and stuff, did you, do you reckon you sort of took that for granted or you realised that that was a massive kind no, of not really. privilege in a way? Yeah, no, I never that. took it for granted because I saw sort of the hard yards that my mum put in there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and things that every, every owner is familiar with. If mm-hmm. someone calls in sick and it was a, like a Sunday or something, mum would have to sort of get up stop whatever we were doing and sort of head into work. So yeah, for sure. yeah, I never really took it for, for granted because no, mm. I, I knew the hard work that went into it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So obviously with social media marketing and, and the explosion of, you know, the internet especially yep. with, with platforms such as Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and everyone knows, do you think that print media, newspapers, direct mail, all that kind of stuff still plays a role in marketing for... Cafes, restaurants, that I do. sort of thing. Yeah, I do. I okay. do uh, in a big way. So I just, I, I mean, look, I know everyone's on a smartphone and sort of mm-hmm. at their computer or something, but there's a lot to still be said for the print media uh, and there's just funkier ways to use it mm-hmm. nowadays. So mm-hmm. 
newspapers and magazines, although they're sort of seen as a bit of a dying breed, I still think they're quite important. Yep. Uh, you think you jump on a plane or something and you're going to stop and buy a magazine or read through that, read through a newspaper. Yes. Uh, and sort of you can't really replace that touch and feel that people can sort of get. And I know you can flick through a million newspapers on your phone or yes. your computer, but... Yep. To grab sort of the Age or Herald Sun and sort of flip through it on a Sunday morning or a Saturday, you mm-hmm. sort of can't really mm-hmm. sort of take that experience with um, with digital. But sure. that said, we we also use a lot in print media when it comes to things like street press. Yeah, it's quite important. Um, yeah, it's just a sort of way to to sort of attract people that are either stuck in traffic or coming off a train station or things like that. So we find those still, those avenues still very very important. What kind of brands do you think? essentially play quite well to print media? Do you think it could be anyone or would you literally say it's maybe just restaurants or... Yeah, no, I think anyone. Yeah, mm. I think anyone, whether it's like sort of, if you're talking the hospitality field, whether it's cafe or restaurant or a new bar or even opening up, I think it's yeah. all quite, they all can sort of jump on that bandwagon. But mm-hmm. um, at the same time, I think whether you've seen the street press that's those sort of events and yeah. concerts that are coming up. Sure. They're still really prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, even like sort of sales in fashion and yeah. for retail boutiques as well, they're sort of running the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Just a way to get to mass market in a sort of like a new age sort of way, which is mm. quite cool. So Yeah, okay. Yeah. What do you reckon, because you've been around hospitality venues for a long time now, both with your mothers and then and then obviously with your own business now, what do you see some of the biggest mistakes that hospitality venues are making through social media marketing especially? Yeah, so look, I think the biggest mistake is um, when anybody's, and in any business, uh, whether it is hospitality first and foremost, they whether they go through a bit of a, a rough trot and things aren't sort of travelling as well as they expected, a bit of a quieter period, yep. the first cost to go is that marketing cost. Interesting. Um, which, I mean, look, I've got a marketing background, a design background, and I know that that's sort of the last thing you'd want to be doing, yeah. but a lot of these owners feel that that's where they can pinch a penny and sort of... It's the quickest cut. The quickest cut, thinking. the yeah, easiest yeah, cut yeah. for them. Yeah, sure. When, in fact, when you look at it, when you look at the hard facts, they're sort of uh, taking away from eyeballs that can be seeing their, mm-hmm. their business, which mm-hmm. that's, for me, is the biggest... Um, the biggest mistake that a lot of people are making, yeah. Okay. And it's quite universal too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Is there a is there any mistakes they're making once they're on social that you are actually you're like, oh, you're not doing enough Instagram stories, you're not actually doing enough posts, you're not doing yeah. enough sponsored stuff, like Yeah, look, I think there's obviously a really fine line there too. So whether you to take how many times you'd post a week uh, there's a fine line there because you don't want to be posting too much so you annoy yeah. your consumer or potential consumer sure. but then you don't want to be not posting at all Yes. because you're going to fall behind and you're sort of Instagram, Facebook, their algorithms, the way that they reward people for being on their platform. Mm-hmm. If you're not posting enough, you're just not going to get mm-hmm. any sort of traction on the platform. So whether you're posting like once a week, mm-hmm. it sort of ends up being a waste of time. Sure. Uh, which is uh, not so, what we want. So what's the bare minimum you're saying to most venues at the moment and how often to post? Yeah, look, I'd be saying the bare minimum is um, three to four per week. Uh, and probably the sweet spot would be f- anywhere from four to six per week. Uh-huh. Once you're going above six, that's posts themselves. I yes. think it's getting a bit too much. Uh-huh. Uh, because like I said before, you don't want to be, don't want to be either sort of annoying your customer or making them like go to the point where they'll 
turn you off or sort of right, unfollow understand. you or yeah, unlike yeah. you. It's and that that's, fine line, right? That's not what we want. So, mm, okay. yeah. Do you think it's hard when you say that to clients, potential clients, to go, well, how am I going to have enough content to post that much? Like my brand isn't yeah, that interesting. It's interesting you say that because they, yeah, when I say this to clients and we have the discussion around social media, it's quite interesting because a lot of them feel that why do I need to come to someone like you to be able to run my socials of when course. in fact, mm. you know, I, I pay... I pay this person that's on a wage and she's here every day of the week or yeah. five days a week. Yeah. Why can't she just jump in and, yeah. and do it for us, right? She's young. She'll understand. Yeah, that. she uses mm-hmm. social media on her weekends <laughs> and she's she's pretty savvy at it. Mm. She loves being on her phone. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So maybe that works. But mm. um, my for me, that's a huge no-no just because like what we do and everything is we're trained in this field. So yeah. Yeah. you're not going to get the same sort of person that's got real no qualifications to jump in the kitchen and and serve your restaurant, eh? Yes, so exactly. it's the same thing can be said for, for social marketing and obviously digital marketing as yeah, an extension. Yeah. So yeah. that's another problem that I see that, and a sort of, not a hard sell, but once you've sort of got the two types of customers, one that gets it straight off the bat and he's quite tech savvy, understands the world of social media and the influence that social media can have. Sure. And then the ones that might be a bit old school and don't really get it. You know, mm. they're still into the days where you do letter drops and flyers, which... You know, uh, not dead, but they're not. I mean, your letter drop these days is your phone. So, True. And that's social media. So, yeah. Yeah. It's you essentially st- what I'd say. And and um, we follow um, a big inf- a big sort of social influencer in the US called Gary Vee. Yeah. Uh, and he's obviously quite famous for his stance and, and everything that he puts on socials mm. and how much attention he puts to mm, it and mm. what he thinks is really important and um, social being one of them. And he sort of likes to to call social media as um, word of mouth on steroids. Yep. Which for me, I think is is spot on. So, yeah, yeah, it's a really good indication. Yeah. What um. What can you? What do you guys provide better than what that internal person actually does, other than just experience? Because that's probably the main pillar of it, right? Yeah. But I imagine the pushback you get from clients. And this is probably a second question for you. Yep. Is you're too expensive. Why yep. would I see the value in that? I'm not going to get a return on investment straight away. Yeah, sure. This is going to go away, you know. Yeah, well, to, to answer that, it's it's quite simple in, in the fact that the reason why you'd sort of come to someone like us or any other agency out there that does specialise in sort of social media mm. management is the fact that the experience, first and foremost, we do this day in, day <clears> out, we're up to date with the current Instagram, Facebook yep. algorithm, so yep. know what's what's what, yep. know when to post, how to post, sort yep. of what's engaging to most customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is, and the other thing as well is that we've got a team here that sort of is out on the road taking photos, writing content, and content's king. So, yep. you know, you guys might, or these owners of these restaurants, cafes, whatever they might be, he might just take like, he might be running the socials himself. Sure. He might be the owner. Look, and let's be honest, he's got a lot more important things to worry about than how good his Instagram account is or yes. how much it's sort of um, yeah. bringing him in the door. Yeah. Uh, now, at the same time, he's he's not familiar with that process. He mm-hmm. doesn't know how to do it like what we do. Yeah. Um, and we also find that, you know, our, our team of photographers and designers and everything is quite important to yeah. be able to generate new content all the time. Because we're creating things that are always different, always fresh, always new. Yes. Uh, these people that are doing it as just an owner or something are, are sort of a bit more 
just snap whatever's on the pass if they're at a restaurant or they sort of snapping a coffee here and there. It's nothing really aspirational. It mm. sort of starts to look sort of not dull and mundane, but the same story every time. Yeah, I And that's the opposite of what we're trying to do. We're trying to make new eyeballs that see this account want to really be invested in your business. Yep. So, yeah. Let's throw an interesting topic out there because this, this is my confusion in the market at the yep. moment is how do brands, especially on Instagram, mm. but, and lesser extent on Facebook, how do cafes and restaurants market themselves within their post yep. better than just seeing the logo, you know, and that kind of stuff when people are scrolling through their feed so fast. Yep. Do you think there's a place in the market for uh, a branded logo or something on that post, uh, on that picture itself? Yeah within the post to actually say that's what XYZ venue, venue. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think, um, and the way that we try and get around that is we don't actually do uh, a logo on every single post just sure. because we start to feel that it starts to become too sort of advertising-based and right. trying to sell yourself a bit too much. When someone looks at your feed. Yeah, when it looks well. at your feed and they scroll through, mm. through your display and you've yeah. got... Every single image has a little icon yeah. in the bottom corner. Yeah. Although it's a good branding exercise, it's sort of not really telling the story of sure. what your brand is. Sure. Uh, and we sort of want to make that account sort of really stand out in its own merits. So that'll yeah. be the style of photography that we might use. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, use a lot of the surfaces that are in in the venue. Yeah. And really make it look that if I see, say, for example, the corner of that restaurant, the food on the table... I should already know what that venue is just sure. by its look and feel and mm-hmm. obviously its style of food and that's yeah. more important. Yeah. That's what we're trying to get across. Sure. The brand is very strong, of course, and obviously your logo is very important. Yeah. But obviously that's just the first thing that people see. They then need to see the complete package. Yeah. So, yeah, look, there's ways that we get around that um, and that's by doing things, keeping that consistency and sort of, yeah, having that similar sort of, sort of um, brand message the whole way through. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Where do you think restaurants and cafes can actually tell a different story on social other than just the food and the coffee and the drinks. Yeah. What what kind of things would you like to see them talk about? Yeah, so a lot of things that we're sort of doing at the moment especially is using a lot of video. Uh, video is yep. huge at the moment and sort of really showcasing the story of the venue itself. Okay. So that's everything from the time that you walk in the venue, you're greeted by by whoever's the host on the night or sort of one of the owners or any of the staff members, manager, what have you. Yep. And then being taken to a table, sit down, the menus come over, um, you know, your, your drinks get, your drink order gets taken and then your food and so mm. on. So yep. we want to sell the whole package of your yep. venue, not just sort of, here's a great shot of this ex Benedict that we yep. put up. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? This is yeah. our version of it. Totally. Uh, we want to sell the experience because at the end of the day, you're going to a cafe, you're going to a restaurant, you're going to a bar for the experience. Yes. You know, first and foremost. So food's a nice little thing as well, but, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the venues that are out there at the moment and the ones that are doing quite well sell the whole package. So the ambience is great, fit-out's awesome, staff are good, um, food's obviously great, drinks are good, cocktails are good, and Mm. sort of that's, that's the whole package, and that's what we try and sell. Sure. Yeah. When you, um, when either you go to venues and, you know, um, that first initial meeting with that yep. new client, potential new client. Um, I'm curious if you go to venues and they're thinking you're the last, you're like the one that needs to save them. You know what I mean? And I, and yep. I say that because I get that in a consultancy as well. Yep. 
almost like Gordon Ramsay style, like you need to come in and save this venue yeah. because I'm about to go under and if you can't help me change it, I'm I'm going broke. Yeah. Are they using you as your last the last hope in some it, respects? Yeah, look, it's it's multi pronged, but I think it is definitely as a last hope. Uh, and they yeah, right. sort of you come in and, and they expect Oh, Instagram's huge and that's what yeah. I've got to be doing so right. if I do a stronger Instagram account I'm going to get thousands of people come in the door well, Yes, not yeah. so because it needs to sort of be a gradual burn mm. we can't just come in and overnight sort of turn you into a successful business we sure. need to sort of work together really quite quite closely together and sort of grow the brand gradually and grow that Instagram or, so, or Facebook account it yeah. sort of is something that yeah, it is a slow burn. So we sort of like to tell a lot of our clients, you, you'll you start to see um, some real momentum after two and three months. Just okay. because once we get in there for the first month, mm-hmm. you're sort of feeling out the venue, getting to know the owner or the manager or whoever's in charge of the business. Yep. And you sort of then start to get the wheels in motion and start to build some social content. Now, yeah, right. um, we do that in, in a number of different ways and that's through like influencer programs mm-hmm. where we've got a big list of influencers that we send in and they obviously do all their posting about the venue yeah. and they hit a different target market that are following them. So yeah. these are a lot of people that might not have might not have heard of the restaurant or cafe before yeah. uh, and, you know, you could be flipping through at night and see such and such is at this venue, oh, wow, I've got to check it out or send it to your friend or something like that. Uh, And that's quite important. So there's plenty of things like that that we do that sort of broaden our audience and the the audience of the the venue, yeah. Of course. Speaking about influencers, we've talked about influencers in depth before. Where, what kind of influencers do you think work for different venues? Like, I've noticed, and the reason I say that, I think we've talked about before, is that there are a lot of fashion models coming into cafe venues, especially in promoting them. Okay. Um, Where, let's say, two years ago, it was literally just food bloggers, right? People who love food and all that kind of stuff. If you look at the burger space, it's a completely different market of influencers who are are in that uh, part of the region. Where do you think influencers are going to play a part sort of continuing on the next couple of years? I feel that the current trend of influencers is sort of going away from... The really big ones, so the yeah. ones that have got, you know, your hundred and yeah, sorry, your two hundred thousand plus, yes, uh, and you know, upwards of a million and whatever. Because I feel that the the customer these days is quite savvy, yeah, and they sort of understand that a lot of these people that have got a lot of these enormous followers, yes, are being paid to go into each venue. Do you think they don't think that? No, I think, think they definitely think. Okay, that. okay, yeah, I think good. they definitely think that, and I think that it'd be probably a little bit silly to think that they don't yeah. because the consumer's quite savvy. Yes. They know Instagram. Yeah, and, there's, yeah. and I mean, they know that because there's plenty of, of articles in the paper that are showcasing that People such and paid. such gets paid $1,000 to go yes. into a venue. Yes. So not only does that person get the free the free dinner, yes. let's say, yeah. they're also getting like, say, $1,000 on top of it mm. and then you find out that all these other ones are on retainers and, yeah, right. and I think people are a bit smarter and sort of are losing not the respect for these people but sort of it's diluting their decision making when they do look at these people and think yeah but you're only are you only posting that because you're getting paid a thousand dollars a month by the owner of that venue yeah now i and what we like to do is sort of focus on a bit of the smaller that smaller group of following so they might have anywhere from under a hundred thousand yes because we feel that whoever's following them is following them for the right reasons and they're quite sort of 
more intended to actually follow what they're saying and sure. go in and be like, okay, cool, you know, this person's great. Sure. I love what they do. Mm-hmm. Let's go in. Um, and yeah, and to answer your question before about the different styles, I think that's quite important. Whether we're doing a high-end sort of restaurant, I mean, that sort of takes out quite a few of our influences. Yeah, and of We course. focus on other ones because I'm not going to send some really young some really young girl that might be a, a fashion model sure. into a high-end restaurant. Yes. It's just not, um, yeah, it's just not sort of what we would do. It's not going to work. And it's not going to work for the business and the mm. brand, so, yeah. Are high-end restaurants actually starting to use influencers or are they steering away from that from what you can see? No, say? they very much are. Okay. Yeah, they very much are. They're just going down the path of probably going to people that are a bit more, so the influencers that are a bit more foodie-based. I see. So they're going to ones that have got good names in the in the industry or yep. within social media that are, yeah, sort of quite niche and, and right. things like that. Right, I'm going to so, suit yeah. their actual market. Yeah, exactly. We talked about the experience before and in my early days in working in Bakes Delight yep. and they were doing obviously a lot of marketing both mm-hmm. at, as a collective and also at a, um, at a bakery level, one-to-one. Um, and I remember my boss saying to me, look, there's no point in marketing a bad experience. Yep. Other venues you go into the first time that the owner really wants to work with you or whatever, but the experience you've been a couple of times and it doesn't feel fantastic. And your gut feel says, oh, I, don't, I don't know. Like. Yep. What's your feeling on that? Are you are you really wanting that? Does that brand need to be popping for you in order for you to really, really get deep down and work with them? Or yeah. do you feel you could actually help them get to that point with the marketing you do? No, I am very strong on working with customers that and brands that we really like. Yeah. Um, if I'm not feeling the brand or not really loving the brand or wouldn't go there myself, sure. I tend not to work with them okay. Um, just because it then affects my performance. So okay. I need to know that this venue that I'm working so hard to promote yes. um, is where I'd go for dinner. So yeah. I'd go with my friends or go with my wife. Or, that's a really great point. And that's something to me that's really important uh, mm. because yeah, if I'm not passionate about your brand, it's not going to be a good result for me. It's not going to be a good You're result for it. you so mm. or for the owner. So yeah. there's really no point. So, mm. yeah. okay. so we do. We um. Yeah, said no to a few people. Um, yeah, purely on that fact, yeah. Yeah, sure. It's obviously a really competitive landscape at the moment in, in social media marketing and graphic design and digital. How do you guys stay above the trend and, and make sure that you're shouting your message out? Do you, you find that a challenge? Yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um, so we're constantly, so I'm constantly doing, like watching sort of... Um, YouTube tutorials and, yeah. and keynote speeches from a whole lot of people. Yeah. Like I mentioned, Gary V yeah. before. Yeah. He's quite a big one for me in terms mm. of sort of, like I sort of pay a lot of attention to what he says and where he feels the trend is going at the moment. Yeah. Um, funnily enough, one of his big trends is voice and yeah. obviously here we are on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, on a so, podcast, yeah. So that's quite, um, <laughs> so that's quite good. But mm. um, yeah, so there's just things like that that we sort of kind of got to um, stay ahead of the game. And sure. the way we do that, like I said, he's sort of doing a lot of research yeah, uh, and then making ourselves quite unique as well at the same time in terms of, I think we are quite unique because I've, I've got a real understanding of how hospitality venues are managed and how they run yeah, uh, as, as from, from my past as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's sort of quite important. And I know that you've sort of, you've got, everyone's got budgets they've got to stick to and everything like that. So we've got to fall within a category mm. uh, and obviously have got to really showcase for the owner that, what we're doing 
is really working. Now, for us, I think it's quite important that a lot of our customers and our clients that we've that we've got on board have been around for a long time and yeah. have been with us for a long time, more importantly. Yeah. They're not just someone where we've sort of hate the concept of doing sort of like a hit and run, working with someone for the three-month period and then never hearing from them again. Yes. Um, that doesn't help me in any way. It doesn't help them. Like my business doesn't grow. Theirs doesn't. So mm. really... Mm. It's sort of been a waste of time for both parties. Yeah, get you. Um, so yeah, that's in terms of us sort of staying ahead of the game. It's yeah, it's it's all that. So mm. is is three months the minimum time that you sort of say you'll work with a client? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I can't do anything less just because I can't get you the results that you want, and I can't yeah. showcase. You can't showcase the return where right? we're going. Yeah, mm. I mean, after one month. It might be good, it might be bad. It might be we have a really big spike because we're doing something totally different to what you're doing. Yeah, I understand. And then you'll look at it and think, oh, my God, amazing results. But mm. we need to sort of look that over a three-month period and actually say, yeah, the trend's going up and that's what we're doing and this is why and we've got a bit of um, content and a bit of data behind us to provide that information. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Last question for you, Paulie. Um, is there one platform that hospitality owners should really concentrate on other than Instagram? Because at the moment I'm feeling it's just Instagram yep. and that's where people are concentrating on, which makes sense. Yeah. But do you think there's any other kind of, you know, online or offline kind of marketing that the brand should really be focusing on? Yeah, look, I think it does all depend on the business itself. Yeah. Um, so obviously if you're a super fine dining, really high-end restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, probably some of these Instagram, Facebooks and stuff probably aren't so much for you. It's good sure. to have a presence, but to really push that all the way down the path, it's probably mm. not ideal. Yep. Um, but for the sort of common restaurant that we see a lot of these days, um, I think Facebook's really important because it obviously hits a different demographic to what Instagram does. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously we can do a lot in terms of the, those sort of sponsored posts yes. and those boosted posts across Facebook especially Yes. Um, because when you sign up to Facebook, you give away so much of your information about your hobbies, your interests, where you live, where you yeah. where you do anything really. What you so, like. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so it's quite important from that aspect and especially mm-hmm. as a marketer, uh, it's really important to be able to target and really break down that demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I'd be saying to use a lot of is YouTube, I think, is quite big as well. Yeah, cool. Um, and we're pushing a lot of our clients to be using YouTube, especially at the moment. Yep. Uh, and that's just through whether it be little snippets of videos in the kitchen or yeah. sort of with the barista there making, doing coffees and stuff. That's okay. really good. Yeah. Um, and then also because YouTube YouTube is really strong for your SEO yeah, and, um, yeah, good point. Which really helps as well. So mm. yeah, so I'd be I'd be sticking to to sort of the main three there that I mentioned. But then, you know, it's quite important to have a Google account set up as well and make sure that's up to date because obviously everyone's first port of call when they jump on yeah. the internet is to Google it. So, yes, you know, let's and look at the reviews and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and then obviously there's things that. Um, a little bit more out of our control, but things like Zomato, mm. uh, TripAdvisor that are quite important to sort of, you know, make sure that you're getting good reviews on there and yep. obviously... All your details are up to date. Exactly. Kind of you know, you've got it's your menu up to date there. Yeah. Your address is correct. It's yes. quite big. Yes. Um, the photos that are up there as well, it's also quite good to make yep. sure that if you have changed your menu over, mm. the photos that are on, on your Zomato account are actually what people are going to get when they come in because yeah. the last thing you want is for someone to think they're getting something, yep. rock up at your venue, and it's a totally different experience. So, yeah, totally yeah. agree. So they're my main ones that I'd be pushing towards, definitely. Okay. 
Paulie, thanks for today. No problem. Where's, um, where's the best place that people can reach out to you and find you? Yeah, cool. So we've got, um, you can jump on projecteats.com.au, projecteats underscore. So if you jump on any of those, you'll see the work we do, who we work with, and sort of our style. So Cool, man. Yeah, beautiful. Thank cool. you. Well, I hope you really enjoyed that episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. Paul gave some great ideas that hopefully you can put in play for your hospitality business. Social media is such an important part of any food brands at the moment, so I definitely think you should reach out to him and have a chat. Um, some great information there. So I hope you enjoyed it. As always, any feedback, please hit me up on Instagram under Open Pantry Consulting. I'd love to have a chat with you. Until next time. Have a great day.